Today on People with Passion for Pets, we talk to Jessica Hatch. Jessica is the creator of the popular YouTube channel Gone to the Snow Dogs. The channel has attracted over 1 million subscribers and shares what it's like to live with her huskies, Memphis and Kira. Thank you so much for uh, doing this interview with us. We're so excited. You're an amazing channel. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> hey, a lot of fun doing what we do. Awesome. So let's talk a little bit about your channel. I'm definitely one of your followers and I love, uh, you do a lot of recipes. You do yeah. a lot of fun things and it's all around Huskies, right? So yeah. the channel is gone to the snow dogs Yep. and it's all about right now it's Memphis and Kira. Is that right? Yes. Yep. But yep. you Those had some very special dogs in the past that I saw <laughs> some videos as well. Yeah, we've uh, we've had five dogs total throughout the throughout the life of the channel, which is um, we've actually my husband and I have had those five dogs throughout our marriage. Um, We got our first dog the year before we got married, and that was Shiloh. Um, And she was about five years old when we when we got Shelby. And then it was two years after that was when we started our YouTube channel. So we started with Shiloh and Shelby. We had these two Huskies and then. I always had wanted to get a third and my husband was like, Oh, you know, the house isn't big enough. The yard isn't big enough. You know, every excuse we could come up with for why we couldn't have a third Husky. So when we moved here to the house we're in currently, we bought this house because of the yard. Like we came and looked at the house and we're like, no, we want, I don't care. The house will make it work. The yard is what we want. (laughs) So when we, when we moved here, we got all moved in. And the first thing I said was, so we can get another dog. Like we can get another dog. Right. Like you said, (laughs) I couldn't have another dog until we had a bigger house and a bigger yard. And we do. So we can get another there we dog. Go. So we kind of, you know, we're looking and we weren't sure if we wanted a puppy or if we wanted a rescue. And I was on as crazy as it is. I was on Craigslist one day and there was this ad for somebody giving away this dog, but it had like all these stipulations, you know, they wanted to do an interview. They wanted to make sure that it was the right home. They wanted an experienced Husky home. And I, called up this girl and they had this, they had this big black and white fluffy Husky. They didn't know how old she was. You know, they thought she was two. She wasn't, she was like six. Um, They thought she was a lot younger than she was. They were, they were having a hard time finding a new apartment that would allow them to keep the dog and they were going to have a baby. It wasn't like they just wanted to get rid of her. They were very caring in wanting to rehome her. They had done everything they could. They were down to like two weeks to be out of their apartment and into a new one. And they still hadn't found one because they'd been looking for one that would allow them to take the the dog. So yeah, we ended up, uh, we adopted Oakley and we, uh, she, she was, she was our first rescue. She was an interesting one. And then what Shiloh passed away and then we added Kira and then, or not Kira, we added Memphis and then Oakley passed away and we added Kira and then Shelby passed away in 2019. So we've lost, we've lost three throughout mm. the course of what we've done. And yeah, now we have Memphis and Kira and I'm already like, can we get another dog? Like we're supposed <laughs> to have three awesome. dogs. <laughs> that's funny. It and it's a good number. It's easy to travel with two and easy to, but I always feel like there's just this dynamic that's off. Like, I feel like we need another one, but you know, maybe eventually. <laughs> That's That's funny. Yeah, we're kind of a two dog place. We'll we'll get a third dog if if one's kind of getting older or something like that. 
And we kind of do that so the the old dogs can teach the new dogs the tricks. Exactly. You know? Yep. And it works. It really does. Yeah. Know? I don't yeah. think people I don't think people really understand how well that works, but it mm -hmm. it definitely mm -hmm. does. Your older dogs will teach your new dogs how to how to um, how to be the the good dogs. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And you know, when we wrote a book about traveling with dogs, we had three, and um, you know, it was fun, but it is it's difficult when, you know, most of the time I walk the dogs myself and then you got three, but you know, they do well. Same way, you know, when we would stay at hotels and things like that, it was usually, <laughs> it was usually me that was taking the dogs out. And then I got to the point where I'm, when we had the three, I'm like, I will do one at a time. So them out in the morning at a hotel or letting them out at night. Cause you know, we're, we usually weren't there during the day. It takes an hour. Cause you're one dog down, one yeah, dog up, yeah. one dog down, one dog up. <clears throat> Same thing. When we go camping, I walk them individually, you know, now with the two, it's a little bit easier because I could take both at once, but I still would like to give them their individual, especially when we're traveling because I, you know, they have so much freedom in the yard here when they're here. I feel like when we're traveling, giving them that little bit of one-on-one -on -one time tends to just eh, help settle them down a little bit when we're traveling. Hey guys, just real quick, if you enjoy our content, please give us a thumbs up and share it with your friends and family. And please subscribe to our podcast. Okay, let's get back to the interview. So then I have to ask you, why Huskies? I don't know. I ask myself that all the time, especially when they're crazy. <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> we actually... All all these years ago when we started, uh, we had looked into Shibas, the Shiba Inus, because they were a little bit smaller. I've always been a fan of the the northern breeds. Like that's just always been something that I've that I was always fascinated with. I grew up with St. Bernards. So I grew up with great big giant gentle breeds. And uh when I was younger, I always thought that that would be the breed of choice. I would have a St. Bernard. But you know, as I got older. And I watched my parents with these with these St. Bernards and I watched, you know, how hard it can be when they get older. There was a part of me that was like, you know, that's not a I don't know that that's a breed that that I really want to continue with. So when my husband and I lived in Arizona for a few years, we actually ended up uh, I worked at a pet store. Everything you hear about pet stores is absolutely true. It's a horrifying place. But you know, long story short, Shiloh came in, this Husky came in and she was this frail little thing. And again, we had been doing all this research, research on Shebas. So I kind of knew about, you know, the activity level of these dogs and things like that. Cause they're very similar, you know, Huskies are just a little bit bigger. And she came in, she was very frail. She was at the store for two weeks. And they used to do this thing where if a dog didn't sell or a dog was too sick, they would move her to another store mm. which basically meant they were just gonna take her and have her euthanized so I kind of went through this you know emotional I can't do this you can't I had she became my my purpose dog like when when people would come in I was carrying her around one because she was terrified of everybody and everything and I was trying to get her warmed up to people and two I really wanted to get her out of the store I wanted somebody to buy her and we were living with my aunt at the time, like we didn't have our own place. And again, we were all the way out in Arizona, but I ended up at the end of that two weeks when they said they were going to move her to another store, you know, I asked my aunt if I could have a dog and she said, yes. And Jamie and I kind of had this conversation and we, we, we went and got her, we took her home. So we kind of ended up with Huskies by accident, but at the same time, we had been doing a lot of research on a breed similar to that. So we kind of ended up with Huskies by accident. And then she was just such an amazing dog. Like they're, they're such a, they're such an interesting breed. I tell people 
if you can live with a two-year-old for 10 years, <laughs> that's pretty much what you get. Like it's, <laughs> you have a toddler, they have temper tantrums. They don't listen. They, they are, you're dealing with a two-year-old. You have good days and bad days. I have days where Kira, you know, cause Kira's actually two right now. There's days when Kira is this perfectly behaved Husky. And then there's days where like you walk her into another room and you come back and you're like, how did you destroy everything in two seconds? <laughs> like, how did you? She, she and their tail me. is wagging too. Like, oh my what? gosh. <laughs> you know, thankfully it's not any really ever anything, you know, like furniture or anything, but she likes sponges. If you leave the bathroom door open, she'll pull the whole roll of toilet paper out of the room. Like, <laughs> so you kind of, and they never really grow out of it. You know, they get to a point like Memphis was always a very chill Husky compared to some of our other ones, but you know, Shelby up until the day she passed away, full of attitude, full of, you know, I mean, she just, she was something else. So we kind of just ended up with Huskies by accident. And then we, we developed such a, a love for the breed. I don't think I could ever own a different breed. You know, my parents have an Australian shepherd. My brother's got a couple of mixed breed dogs. I've been around a lot of different types of dogs, but Huskies are just, they became our thing. That's our breed now. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's very cool. And you definitely, I can tell just through your videos, watching your videos that you have sort of that relaxed attitude is that's just who they are because you just did this video with the Easter hunt, which by the way, I think is just hilarious. <laughs> and you know, it's like, you're just like, okay, here they're on the table here. They're like, yep. over the, right? Because it, that's just who they are. And that's so yep. true because there be people that when their dog jumps on the counter, the human's brains will just fall out. Yes. And, yeah. And it's, it's, it's so amazing. It's like, well, okay. The dog jumped on the counter. Your house didn't burn down. Relax. Right. 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 I think that like, I actually, I did this with Shelby because out of all the dogs we had, Shelby was probably, you know, I love you Shelby, but she was the worst puppy I ever had and a lot of it was she was our second husky and Shiloh was such a sick husky when she was younger we never really experienced a lot of that you know super high energy and destruction and things because Shiloh was a very sick puppy so mm -hmm. it was more of that you know keeping her calm and making you know back and forth with vet visits so when we got Shelby it was like we got this puppy we got her way too early she was she was a backyard breeder dog. It was just a bad situation. If I would have had enough money to buy all those puppies, I would have, but we brought her home at six weeks old. So she had a lot of developmental issues, you know, like behavioral issues, not developmental issues. She had a lot of behavioral issues as a puppy. She was extremely destructive. So I got to a point where instead of just always being mad at this dog, I'm like, Oh, you ate something. I started taking photos of everything she would destroy. Like it was, you know, you'd walk into the room and she'd ripped up a $20 bill. So I'd pull all the pieces together and hold them in front of her face. And I'm like, all right, take a picture of the dog with what she destroyed. And I have a whole album of photos of what this dog <laughs> destroyed. And a lot of people, like you said, you know, the same thing. They're like, you know, well, it's just, it's so frustrating. I'm like, you know, it's my fault when the dogs chew something up. I can't be mad at them. They don't know any better. It's my fault. I left something where they could get it. I left the door open, you know, my husband or I, you know, whatever. It's our fault when they do something bad. So instead of just getting, they don't understand 10 minutes after they've done it. If you're yelling at them, they have no idea why you're yelling at them. They, their brains don't work like that. So they're clueless. So I kind of just went from, you know, that route of always being angry to, well, whatever, we're just going to, now I'm going to take pictures of it. We're going to laugh about it. We're going to, 
everything they've destroyed is replaceable. You know, it's not a big deal. So, you know, when they do, I just take pictures of it and kind of go, eh, I mean, is what it is. Sucks. But same thing with digging. I have so many people that message me. How do I get my Husky to stop digging? I don't have an answer for you because I just <laughs> let mine do it. Like we, we give them an area in our yard. We have a little A-frame and underneath the A-frame, we call it the sandbox. And that's where we let the dogs dig. If they dig anywhere outside of that, we just, you know, and most people know this trick. If you take and put poop in the poop hole, in yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. they won't dig there again. So yeah. whenever they dig outside of that area, that's what we do to those holes, but we don't do it in the area where they're allowed. And eventually they go, well, this is gross, but I can do this here. Now they have a sandbox, you know? Yeah. So I don't know how to get them to stop digging. I just, I let them do it. They like it. Yeah. Like that's their thing. Yeah. We have a, we have Heidi, our Jack Russell Terrier. And of course, you know, Jack Russell, Hey, right. she loves to dig. Right. And she, she loves to hunt, um, gophers. So Jim lets her hunt gophers with him. And- Good dog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's the thing, like if you let them, you know, a lot of these dogs, they were bred for a purpose and they have, you know, the things they're supposed to do. Jack Russell's are a great example. You know, they're, they're a working dog, you know, there's a terrier, they're a working dog. They had a purpose that they were bred for. And if you let them experience those things, you have such a happier dog. Like the days when we're able to go out and we're able to let the dogs run and pull the sled or pull the bike or just, you know, run, they're so much happier because that's what they love to do. And I, I think if people understood that, you know, the, the dogs have, if you, if you let them work and give them a job, they're much happier, much yeah. happier. <laughs> Let's talk about that real quick. So you do, do you do put them in front of a sled? I mean, obviously yeah. you get lots of snow. I can tell yeah. by the picture behind you. <laughs> so did you have to teach them or is that natural? Um, it's pretty natural in most Huskies, not all of them, but most of them will pretty much take to it pretty easily. I started off with Shiloh and Shelby training them uh, to pull a sled. We did a lot when we would walk them with training them commands, like how to turn and how to slow down. We did a lot of that first while taking them for walks to kind of get them used to those commands. You know, we would tell them, you know, G and we would pull them to the right. And they're like, Oh, this means we have to go this way. This means we have to go this way. You know, when we would say, Whoa, more than a heel. When I would tell the dogs to, Whoa, I would start to slow down instead of that full heel. I would just start to slow down. And eventually they're like, Oh, that means just slow down. Okay, cool. We got this. And then first time I hooked them up to the sled, I had Shiloh and Shelby. And I remember that feeling of, they're either going to get it or they're not and hook the sled. My husband let those two dogs go and they just took off. And I remember so that first curve because 90 degrees. <laughs> oh, and I my. just remember yelling, you know, cause I, Shelby was my lead dog. I just remember yelling Shelby G G and she just went and just turn oh, and I'm, wow. this is the greatest thing in the world like wow. this is the coolest experience and then from then on I used each dog to train the next dog you know Memphis was eight months old the first time we hooked her up to a sled and I hooked her up behind so Shelby was in front and you know Shelby did her thing we ran a couple of times and then Memphis was about a year and a half old uh went to take them out Shelby didn't want to be in front I put her on the sled. She kept turning around. She wouldn't line out. There was just, she just didn't want to be up front. And I kept telling her, I'm like, if you don't do this, I'm going to put this puppy in front of you and let her do her thing. And I ended up switching dogs because I had the three and I had Shelby and Oakley on wheel. And I put Memphis up front at like a year and a half old. And same thing. I'm like, this dog is either going to have learned this or she's not going to have any idea what we're doing. 
and we took off and hit that first curve and Memphis took it like a champion. So I, now that I have dogs that know what they're doing, you use those dogs to train the next dogs. When I hooked up Memphis and Kira the first time, Kira's constantly trying to pull, you know, I want to go this way. I want to, I want to go this way. And for no reason, she just wants to sniff what's over there. And Memphis is like, nope, we're going this way. And she just doesn't let her pull. She's like, we are going straight. This is all we're doing. We're not turning. So you kind of use, you use each dog to train the next dog, but yeah, they, that's, it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a lot of fun. And they're so much happier when they get to run. They're so, so much better well-rounded dogs when they do it. And it is interesting because when you watch, when you watch videos, when they are working, how their body language just says, this is the coolest. And it doesn't really matter. Yes. You know, if it's a hunting dog, a pulling dog, it doesn't matter. But when Heidi's out there doing her thing, it's the tail doesn't get any straighter and the ears don't get any higher. Yep. When, when we go on a walk through the woods, that's the happiest she could be is what's over here, what's over here, what's over here. Yep. It's, it's very cool. Yeah. Oh, mine are the same way, you know, when, you know, I, a lot of people, we get the comments on our videos sometimes. And a lot of people are get upset because like, I let my dogs walk in front of me. I allow my dogs to pull their Huskies. So like, I don't do a lot with really getting them to not do it. I have a belt that I wear when I walk the dogs just because it's easier. It lets me be a little bit more hands-free, but at the same time, if I need to grab leashes and pull them in, I can. Um, But I kind of give them more freedom than some people do when walking. And I just do it because it makes them happy. I don't want to deter them from pulling because when I want them to pull, I don't want there to be any point in their brain where they're like, wait, am I not supposed to do this? I want them to know it's okay. You're allowed to do this. And they, like when we go for walks, they'll pull for like five minutes and then they're happy. They're like, all right. And you know, it's a slack leash walk. They're pretty good. They know the difference between pulling the sled and pulling a bike and just going for a walk. But those first five minutes is always like, all right, girls, like slow down a little bit. Mm -hmm. But yeah, they they are, they're, they're happiest when they're able to do what they want to, you know, what their purpose was, what they were meant to do. Yeah, it's, it's really fun. I do. I also do um, agility with the dogs as well. Uh, Sadly, the place that I, that I normally go and train at has been closed, uh, you know, because of the pandemic and all of these things. So I have some equipment here at the house, but the hard part with training my dogs in my own yard is they're very distracted. It's their yard. So they're not like when I take them to the center and we would train, they know what's happening. Like we're working, we're going here and we're training. When I try to do it, the yard, they're like, this is our yard. We don't have to, we can do whatever we want out here. Um, But yeah, I do the same thing. I do agility with them. And it, like you said, it builds, it's such a different bonding experience when you can work with your dog and really, you know, spend that time with them and, you know, understand w- what they enjoy and what they don't enjoy. Cause again, sometimes, you, you know, you'll take your dog to do these things and they have no interest. When, when I was training agility with Shelby, Shelby absolutely loved it. It was the greatest thing in the world. She, she, every time was like, this is awesome. Memphis loves it. Sometimes, sometimes we'll go to do agility and she's just not having it. She's just like, today is not the day today. I'm going to run around and do zoomies and not listen to you and not pay attention. And I don't really want to, you know, I don't want to work with you. I just want to play. So, you know, now that she's a little bit older, it's a little bit better, but I feel like when you go through those experiences with your dog, you really learn to bond with them and you learn to read them a little bit better. You know, you know, today is not going to be a good day because you can already tell that, you know, their body language or the way they're looking at you. And then you get them out there and you, you know, you make them sit and stay like Memphis was, is so good at it. You know, you make them sit and stay and then you start off doing your agility run and they make that first jump. And then they're like, 
forget it. I'm doing whatever I want. <laughs> and again, it all falls back to there's two things you can do at that point. You can be really frustrated with your dog or you can just kick back and go, all right, go ahead. And I'm just going to sit here and watch you have the, and Memphis will run around and she'll do, she'll make her own course. And then she comes right back to me. Like, did I do it? That's really, that really is a, a good talent when you can, when you can treat a dog like a dog. You know, yeah, just, they're, yes, they're always going to be dogs, and and yep, you know, exactly. We try to explain them, they don't grow up like a human, you can't have a mind meld with them, you know, <laughs> yeah, and and you can steer them and, and <clears throat> encourage them. And most of the time, the dog will do what you want them to do because it's it's you and your dog, right? But right, sometimes it's just squirrel, you know, yeah, they're still at the end of the day, they are still dogs, <laughs> that's right, exactly, and that's why we have them, that's right, yep. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so what is your all's biggest hobby up there then? Is it sled pulling or out four wheeling like your your picture there? <sighs> yeah, we do. We do a we do a little bit of everything. I mean, we do it when winter hits, we do as much dog sledding as we can. And, you know, it, there's different trails that we'll hit. You know, my husband will usually take me in the Jeep and there's, there's a couple trails that we run when we get good snow where it's actually just a, a nature trail that you're allowed to drive on, but nobody oh, wow. really goes back there. So what'll happen is it's, it's a four mile long trail. So we'll get to the beginning of the trail. My husband will unload the sled, we'll hook up the dogs and then he'll follow behind me, which is really nice because if the dogs get tired at two miles in, you know, cause usually early in the season, they're not going to go that full three to four miles because, mm -hmm. you know, we haven't been running as much. So <laughs> he'll, he'll follow us. Or the other thing we found is when they start to slow down, if he passes us and gets in front of us, they want to, they want to chase him. So when they start to slow down, he'll get in front of me and we'll run for a little bit longer with them at that full speed. Like, Oh, we got to catch the Jeep. We got to, you know, catch whatever's in front of us. So, you know, we do that. And yeah, a lot of, we spend a lot of time in the woods, either hiking with the dogs, camping with the dogs, or just driving through the woods, you know, in the Jeep, throwing the dog, like, you know, the picture is it, it we had this beautiful snowstorm and we just throw the dogs in the Jeep and we just, go you know that's we tend to do that quite often that's probably our favorite thing to do you know we live up here in the middle of nowhere but sometimes it's just you know if the if the weather is nice we just put them in the car and take them somewhere and go hiking or you know if we got the time we we definitely prefer to go camping <laughs> wow that's that's a good attitude because if we look at snow it's like oh it's cold and the weather's <laughs> terrible <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> are they into water to, yeah yeah so um they, they both do like to swim in the lakes. You know, we live in Michigan, so we're surrounded by water. So that's always something I try to introduce our dogs to when they're young, because I want them to, you know, not only do I want them to enjoy the water, but a lot of times when we go camping, like up in the Upper Peninsula, there's a lot of rivers and streams and we're going to waterfalls. So it's something I, I want them to be used to. So I try to introduce them really young. Kira, Memphis loves water. Memphis will get in and out of the water without an issue. When Kira was younger, she was so-so. Yeah, if the water touched her belly, she didn't want anything to do with it. And then we had this, we have this above ground pool that we got right before Shelby passed away. And we were trying to get Kira used to it. Cause it, you know, it's, it's over their head. They can't, they can't touch the bottom. So we would go out there and I would pick Kira up and we would put her on a floaty. We have a dog floaty and it kind of like sinks in the pool, but it still floats. So she would get used to being in the pool. And then, you know, every once in a while I would pick her up, carry her to the other side of the pool. Cause my husband built the, a deck and we have a, a step system so they can get in and out of it without an issue. So I would take her to one end of the pool and let her go and she would swim right to the steps and get out. And then I'd 
put her back in the pool and put her away. And she'd swim right to the steps again. Like, I don't want to be in here. Well, eventually, you know, I'd go out there and I'd have treats and I would just hold treats in front of her and I would walk around the pool and she would start swimming in circles. And, you know, over time she got more, more and more comfortable and realized, oh, this isn't a bad thing. I, I swim. And then we have, you know, when the dogs are out in the yard with the pool, because the pool is not fenced off, we're constantly watching them. We also have a camera out there. My husband and I were sitting in the kitchen and Kira was out there running. She ran up on the pool deck and we're both watching. And he's like, she's going to jump in the pool. I'm like, no, she's not. She's not going to do that on her own. She's barely like swimming. And we're both sitting there. And sure enough, she walked on one step and just jumped into the pool. Within two seconds, my husband was out in the backyard because we didn't want her to freak out. So he ran out to the backyard and he's standing at the edge of the pool and he's encouraging her and she's swimming in circles in the pool all by herself. <laughs> and then she got out. We knew from that moment on, we'll never keep her out of the pool. And sure enough, from that moment on, now, <laughs> as soon as that pool comes out, she wants to jump in. She thinks it's the greatest thing ever. So they do, cool. they do like water, but we kind of encouraged them to like the water. <laughs> that's good. That's good. And that's sometimes when you open that door up, you know, they go out there, they get wet. And then like here, they'll go out and roll in the dirt. <laughs> then yeah. they run to the doggy yeah. door and say, look what I found. <laughs> but yeah. it, you know, it's, yeah. it's such a good thing because you, you do want to kind of uh, make sure that the dog fits your lifestyle, right? If you like hiking and like, we're the same thing. We're always around water. So we like to teach our dogs to be safe in the water and hopefully like it. Right. Yeah. And that's the big thing, you know, making sure that they know how to swim. If something were to happen, you know, I want them. And it was the same thing with the step system, training the dogs, how to get out of the pool was really important to me. Again, not that we ever let them out there when we're not out there, but if for some reason we have our backs turned and they jumped into the pool, I wanted to make sure that they knew how to get out. So, you know, we, you know, working with them and training with them to be able to do that was really a, a big deal for us. But I can't tell you how many times we've been up in the UP doing hikes. And again, another reason I don't want them to be afraid of water. There's times where we've hiked back to backwoods waterfalls and we have to cross rivers, you know, not deep rivers, but we have to be in the water to get across to continue to follow the trail, depending on the season, depending on how much rain we've mm-hmm. gotten. And I don't want my dogs to be stuck on one side because they don't want to walk through the river or they don't want to do a little bit of swimming. So, it, you know, it was really important to us to make sure that they not that we wouldn't pick them up and carry them. My husband has done that many times. We have a few have had a few over the years that have been afraid of bridges or stairs you know, and it, there's not, we can't do as much with training them because it's not like I have a set of see-through stairs in my backyard. You know, <laughs> Shelby was not a fan of steps, metal steps that you could see through and bridges that moved. So anything, if she would get out on a bridge and it suddenly would move or any type of that suspension bridge, she would lay so flat and that was it. She didn't want to go. So yeah, there's, there's still times where we would have to pick them up and carry them. Jamie had to carry her up like 65 steps one time. We took them down into a mine. She did fine going down. She could do down if she can see through the steps. It's always coming back up where she would stop. So I have multiple pictures of him carrying her up steps. <laughs> <laughs> and she was a big dog, you know, 54 pound dog. Now you got to carry her up steps. Yeah. Yeah. But mm-hmm. that was another thing, you know, we always trained them when they were young, picking them up and putting them down, picking them up and putting them down. Cause you don't, especially with Huskies, when you're out sledding, if they get injured, you want to be able to pick them up without them flailing around and like, you know, freaking out. So they're when they were little, there's a lot of that that happens too. you know, making sure that they know when I'm holding you, don't move. 
you know, I don't want you wiggling. I don't want you flailing around. I should be able to carry you and you should be fine. So that was another thing, you know, as they were young, we always try to, because again, you know, like you guys traveling and hiking, you just never know. You never know when something's going to happen and you may have to carry them out or you may have to pick them up and you want that process to be as easy as possible. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. We got, uh, actually, we got that pack a paw rescue harness and we did a video yes. on it and Ap- Apollo loved it. He was so funny. He did chill like, okay, I don't have yeah. to walk. I'm good. Yeah, I have seen that. That was one of the, we've talked about, about picking one of those up because I, I saw that. And like I said, we've had to carry dogs out, you know, and we had Shiloh tore her paw pad once when we were uh, hiking some rocks and my husband had to carry her a mile and a half back to the car so she wouldn't hurt her foot anymore. So we've been in those situations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have the we have the thorns and the stuff like that, the really yeah. sharp tail here. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious, uh, Jess, on your channel, you, you get so many really cute shots of the dogs. Are you like always running around with the GoPro or how do you, how do you get yeah. all of those? Yeah, <laughs> I pretty much, I have, I literally have like, even now I have my GoPro is sitting here and then I have, you know, I got all my cameras are sitting around me all the time. Um, you know, I do this full time. So I work from home, do this full time. I always have cameras going when the dogs are doing something cute. It's like, stop everything and go film, stop everything. And, you know, let's see what's, what can we get a video out of this? The other day when we were boiling sap, I don't know if I'm going to turn it into a video, but I filmed it just to be safe. Kira is scared of our hood vent and she goes in waves where she is okay with it. And then she's not. So I made a video last year where she was kind of scared of it. Well, she's kind of gone back into that again so we're working with her to not be scared of it but we were boiling sap she took off and ran and hid in the bathtub so I immediately I'm like everything's got to stop I gotta film this video and I talked about what we were doing and what was happening and then I go into the bathroom and she's hiding in the bathtub and I kind of talked about you know that I'm not going to encourage her to stay in the bathtub and you know that we're we got to desensitize her to this so I'm always I always have a camera there's always something you know taking photos of the dogs, taking videos of the dogs. I do a lot of short form content now. So sometimes it's just, you know, getting that video that's under a minute of the dogs doing whatever they're doing. Yeah. That is always in the forefront of my mind, you know, Oh, that's, this could be a video that could be a video. You know, we get fresh snow. So Kira doesn't want to come inside because she's a Husky, you know, and you stand at the door and you call her and she sits there this far away from you and looks at you like, "Mm, how about no, how about I live out here now? You know? And so there's, there's like, we kind of show that this, this is a real thing. I could stand at the door for an hour trying to get this dog to come inside when there's snow out and she's just not going to do it, which then leads to people in the comments that are like, why can't you just leave her outside? How come she can't stay out there? And I'm like, well, she does. Like, I'm just showing you the process of this. I don't force her to come inside. She can stay out there as long as she wants. (laughs) That's awesome. Now you also have, uh, so you got the two YouTube channels. One is the Gone to the Snow Dogs. One is Gone to the Snow Dogs Shorts. Is that the, okay. And then you do some merch too on. Yeah. And that, who does your uh, designs on merch? Do you do them? So some of our designs have been done by my husband. And then some of them have been done by friends of ours that are artists. Some of them have been done by audience members. I actually have a few different merch designs up in my shop in my shop that uh, audience members sent us these be- this beautiful artwork. And then I reach out to them and I'm like, hey, can we turn this into merchandise? Like I'll pay you for your work or I'll pay you to have the rights to this. You know, and a lot of times they're just like, just send us stuff. I can do that too, you know, but I, I really like to pay the artists for the work they do. So yeah, it's a whole bunch of different things. You know, we try to bring 
different art and different designs to the merch store all the time. Cause I always like to have something new because I feel like designs can get stale. You know, once you've bought it, you don't necessarily want the same thing. So you need something new. Very true. Well, very cool. Well, thank you so much. I could just keep on talking yeah. to you, but I'm sure. <laughs> well, I love all of the recipes and I always love that yeah. the dogs are always there cooking with you. That's, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. I have never been a big fan of cooking. I started doing the treat videos mainly because I, I'm like, this is something neat. Nobody else is really doing it. So I started doing those and those were the videos that took off. And I kept going, I don't want to make like, I don't like <laughs> this process of cooking. And over the years, I've come to enjoy it more and more, you know, and the structure and the styling of it has changed. I used to do it where I sat at my table and it was like this one static camera angle and the, you could just barely see the dogs. I did that for years. And then I switched it up where I'm not really in the videos as much anymore. And the dogs are sitting on the other side of a counter. And what you don't see, unless you watch, because we have another YouTube channel, we have a vlog channel as well at Snow Dogs Vlogs, where it's more of that you know, my husband and I and the behind the scenes type of stuff, my husband and I are in those videos with the dogs. And we kind of show like our life with the dogs instead of just focusing on the dogs. So you'll see in those videos, the behind the scenes, when I make those dog treats now, like I have my set of ingredients that the dogs are allowed to stick their nose in and spill and whatever, because it makes the video really cute. And then behind me, I have the set of everything that's pre-measured. So that when I make this stuff, it's not like half spilled on the counter and half yeah. on the face. Like, yeah. Go ahead and eat that egg. I got another one over here. Yeah. Like the first time I did a video from that angle and the dog spilled everything, it, it went back to what we were talking about before. I was super frustrated. I'm like, they're never going to sit still. Like they're not, this isn't going to work. I had this vision in my head for how I wanted it to look. And I'm like, it's never going to work. And my husband was the one that said, he's like, why don't you just let them do their thing? And then you kind of do this. And I went, that's a really good idea. Now I don't have to worry about if they stick their nose in the carob and it goes everywhere. Or if they're <laughs> eating the strawberries out of the bowl, I still have them over here. So, and I'll show that like on the vlog channel, when I make treats, I'm like, look at this disastrous mess that we've made. And, but here's how we kind of really did this. Like, so there's that little bit of illusion in those, like when the dogs do eat all this stuff, cause that's, they're really, really good at doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm making it for them. So they, that's another thing too. Like when, when I clean off my counter in the kitchen to have them sit on the other side of the counter where you can actually see them, I have a table and we open up this plastic table and then I put a rug on top of it. So it's not slippery and they jump up on that table so they can see over the counter. As soon as I start cleaning in the kitchen and I touch that KitchenAid mixer, they are there. They know. Mm -hmm. They're like, it's treat time. It's go time. We're getting snacks <laughs> and we're, we're getting food and this is going to be amazing. It's so funny, you know, over the years of doing things with them, how quickly, how smart they are and how fast they catch on. You know, we know this is what's happening. We know we're going to do this. So they immediately put on their game face and they're like, let's do it. Let's, let's make treats. We're ready. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll sample. <laughs> yeah exactly exactly we'll try everything uh yeah it's it it's like i said it's 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 an it's an interesting it's an interesting thing dog treats was not something i ever thought i would be doing you know all the time on youtube but you know what that's what people want and like i said i've come to terms with it and i have fun with it you know you have to if it's no fun it's not worth doing <laughs> yeah that's, exactly you don't have a passion for it I, exactly yeah. Oh, cool. Well, I'm glad. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm glad I got to talk to you guys. I'm glad you reached out. I'm glad we got connected. This has been fun. Like, all right. Well, yeah. All right. Well, fun. good. Well, thank you very much. 
Yeah. We'll keep in touch. Mm-hmm. All right. It's good to meet you guys. Nice, nice to, to meet, meet you, you too. too. Bye. 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 Thank you for joining us today on People with Passion for Pets. We're Jim and B. Walker, and we share the adventure of life with our dog Apollo and Heidi. For more adventure videos, check out our YouTube channel, Modern Canine Vlog, or visit our website, www.mcs.dog. And until next time, keep your paws on the road.